The Contrarian Podcast, sponsored by Faraday Solicitors. Going to court can be stressful and difficult. That's when you need support and expert advice. Faraday's solicitors have a range of departments providing family law, criminal defence and civil litigation advice. Our solicitors are available to discuss your case to ensure you achieve the best possible outcome. Our reputation is built upon a philosophy of thorough case preparation coupled with a fearless commitment where we endeavour to provide every client with a high quality service. We hold a legal aid franchise are LXL accredited and are regulated by the SRA. Our solicitors will advise you on the most cost-effective way to fund your case as we accept both privately and publicly funded cases. Faraday's solicitors firmly believe that everyone has a right to justice and we will help you uphold that right. We can be contacted on 0207 281 1001 or via email on inquiries at faradayssolicitors.co.uk. The heart of East London, it's New Sound Radio, 22 FM. Do you know what, do you feel like you've changed since year 12? I had this conversation with someone the other day. I must have changed, I'm definitely more mature than year 12, 100 but I don't know if I've changed much during uni. You've always been like secure about your whole personality and like how you view the world. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm not really, I'm not someone that strays. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, with me, saying what I believe in, I think I've matured like a lot. Like before, I was like twenty percent mature. Now I'm more, more like fifty. And you're not that now. And it's more like fifty-fifty. Nah, it's like six. (laughs) No, it's like sixty-forty. I ain't reduced that much, babe. Today we have a very special guest, one of my very best friends who I've known for a long time. Introducing Ola. How are you doing today, Ola? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Do you know what? I was having a think the other day. It's like, it's, we're in May now. It's like, this should be the start of summer. I still think that I'm still getting those summer vibes. Like, I, I don't know if it's because like Drake's released his new mixtape or like Hybrid Minds have released a new single. It's just like summer vibes, don't you think? Or oh, we've got a new, or oh, we got a new Savage remix of Beyonce. That has got me in the feels for summer. Now and June, like all these like, artists are like releasing absolute bangers. And it's just such a because it really gets you in that summer mood, going outside, having barbecues, chilling, being in beer gardens. And I know, and we would have like lived up in Studio 338, rooftop uh, party. Literally, like this, this time last year, we were there, weren't we? Just like having a blast, those daytime raves, yeah? No, I know, I know. Gutted we're missing out, but hopefully soon, some normality will come out. Yeah, exactly. Just some, just some. That's all I want. Not asking for too much. Just a little bit of normality. Just a little bit. Well, the thing is, like this, this podcast comes out uh, around two o'clock on Sunday, and then uh, later on today, well, it will be Sunday. Yeah. So later on, Boris Johnson will be updating everyone about, you know, if uh, if and when lockdowns going to be relaxed. So it'll be interesting mm. to see what will happen. But yeah, I think in Wales they've extended lockdown although they've sort of they've relaxed the rules a little bit but lockdown is still continuing for another three weeks and I think the same as uh, Scotland as well so hopefully Scotland yeah the, you know if you have a look at all these other countries around us maybe maybe we'll follow suit but who knows because you know people in in England are very impatient it seems like oh I know I had um, my friend on Snapchat earlier and she's literally got traffic jams outside her house. Really? As if lockdown doesn't apply for bank holiday. I don't know where people are going. Yeah, to be fair. Like... It looks like I'm clearly missing out on a motive if there's traffic jams. <laughs> I've, I've literally, I have not left like the little town that I live in in the past like two months. 
Like when I go back into London, I'm not gonna like recognize hardly anything. I'm normally good with directions. I want to be lost. <laughs> Literally, tell me about it. Imagine even just seeing you. It would be nice to see you soon. I know. Well, we'll have to uh, try and sort things out because they were saying that you know this whole like was it social circle thing that you can sort of see people yeah there might be a bubble where you've got like yeah. a certain group of people you can mix with and that's it as long as you stay in your bubble then hopefully it should be fine but we'll be we'll see so yeah hopefully yeah exactly but do you not feel like everything now is sort of like normalized like it's sort of normal not to like go be out and well, about yeah, well, just this like is, yeah. being at home this well, is our normal like our new normal fact that you just you go you go out you might walk past on the street but you've literally got your like, second nature now just to cross the road like you don't even think about it anymore like you just cross the road the minute you see someone or yeah, like exactly. if i go supermarket now if someone's too close then i've got the habit now of just like holding my breath like it sounds ridiculous but yeah. it's just so all subconscious now that this is your new normal like it's just it's mad it's yeah, mad exactly. i don't know what i don't know yeah exactly I, I went to the off license just to get a few bits and bobs the other day and there was this guy who was like walking right next to me and i gave him a dirty look and then he sort of then looked at me and then he clocked in his mind and he was like okay fine yeah let me just stay two meters away like i think everyone's sort yeah of become like accepting of it and it's it's crazy yeah, and because, everyone's very much on edge as well yeah and like if you think about it like especially in london everyone's so like tightly packed together where whether it's in pubs whether it's in clubs whether mm. it's even on the tube and so it, it, it's difficult to see things going back to normal anytime soon like even mm. even if lockdown gets relaxed it will still be the same sort of procedures people will be careful it was only yesterday or the day before where we surpassed thirty thousand deaths in total I know. And I know if you think about it in terms of a percentage of the population, it's not that big, but it's still huge. It's still huge. And in such a short space of time, it's ridiculous. Um, And like you said, I think even if they use lockdown, I think there is a fear installed in people now that even if lockdown is completely erased, people are still very much aware of the fact that coronavirus is out there. And I don't think many people will be jumping out of their houses the minute it is eased. And I'm definitely one of them. So you won't be seeing me for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So how have you sort of adjusted to this whole pandemic? Like, how have you seen your life change? Have you still been talking to your friends? Have you been... uh... I speak to my friends every day. Like, I I was never one to, like, speak on the phone. And you know me. Like, you would always try and call me and I never pick up. Now I'm I just on thought, FaceTime I thought that's all you just didn't day, like me. <laughs> every day. <laughs> now I just hate being on the phone. Hate yeah. the phone. I hate voice notes. And now I'm sending voice. If it's not FaceTime, then I'm sending voice note messages all the time. Like I'm, I'm definitely no. Like, I've always known I'm really close to my friends, but I think yeah. even now during this period, like, I love my friends so much more, and I'm so much more appreciative of them, and I'm I miss them all so much. Like it's mad. What about you? Yeah. See, I sort of had sort of two phases when we initially went into lockdown i sort of like i was like a social gremlin i was like speaking to everyone like just you know not doing any work and just chatting to my friends because i miss them too much and then i sort of like tied myself out of speaking to people i didn't i was just talking to people too much so then i just did the complete opposite and went like ghosted for a bit so yeah but now i'm sort of like in that sort of like happy medium where i'm like you know working on with the stuff that I have to do and like checking up on all of my friends to see if they're all good, all Gucci. Whereas you, st- but the difference is, is that you're obviously still at uni and I'm now a free bird. I've been free since the 13th of April. So now I've got so much spare time on my hands. I can't help but distract everyone else from their studies. I mean, just, exactly. Sorry guys, but. But talking about your free time, tell the people what you've done because I think it's great. 
and we're gonna, we're gonna this is um, uh, something that we're gonna be talking about this episode so yeah so because i've now finished just caught that just like just trying to cure any boredom i have during this period i've created a new um money page um all things money underscore on instagram if you guys want to follow um and it's basically just a page just to kind of talk about the world of money how it works um i definitely think financial literacy is key when it comes to surviving the real world especially after like sixth form or uni i think it's so vital so i thought i'd make a little page no it's it's great that you've done that because i think like I can only speak for myself in terms of like some of the topics that you discuss, like budgeting, savings and investing. Like if I wasn't interested in these sort of things, I wouldn't go out of my way to educate myself on it. And no, exactly. And this is this is true for even like things that are going on in the world. Like if I'm not really interested in a, in a particular thing, then I don't just watch the news for the sake of watching the news. And so I think... Mm. Like having something on social media on, on Instagram where I can just go, scroll through and then see something that you've posted on your page about yeah. savings, budgeting, about recommendations of like uh, budgeting yeah. apps like Monzo, etc. Then it just it just adds something to my day, and I think that it helps mm. me because like learning through social media is so great, and I feel that you've sort of nailed it in terms of like you know accessibility Thank and you. Um, your page is aimed at people of our age who don't necessarily yeah definitely ins and outs and so so you've covered a few topics so far so should we start off with budgeting yeah why not cool so, so what do you want to know about budgeting well okay uh, treat me as if i know nothing about budgeting what would you say to someone like that well firstly not to bore anyone but budgeting is genuinely so crucial like I know we all joke about how we love spending. Like I'm, and I, I've got this page, and I'm not going to say I'm like some financial goddess that doesn't spend their money, doesn't blow up their savings sometimes. I'm only human, and so is everyone else. But I think with budgeting, it's so crucial because at the end of the day, as a student especially, and obviously you'll understand, we're already in debt when it comes to stu- like our student loans. And like when it comes to budgeting, you don't want to, ideally, you don't want to leave uni with more debt than you need to. So I think budgeting is crucial with that, especially when, it's like when you're a student, you get your like you lump some of your student loan. It's so easy to want to just blow it all up. Whereas now it's like with budgeting, it's best to kind of work out what you've got, what you can afford to spend, and what you can afford to save. And that's why I kind of touched on budgeting first, just kind of start with the basics and like talk about what it is. So budgeting basically is just working out your income and your expenses and the difference between the two. Um, and obviously, your income works is something that consists of either your income from like your salary or like say your student loan and obviously your expenses anything that comes out of your like your bank account every month such as your rent your bills any credit card debt all that stuff and obviously the difference between them makes up what you have left to spend for the month so that's basically the abc of budgeting (laughs) yeah no for sure and i suppose especially now where people may be furloughed they're not getting you know as much Mm. income as they they would have liked to i think managing your expenses uh, you know, and assess it, you know, compared to your income is, it's really important. I think when you start off with these sort of basics, then just, it's not, it's not difficult just to write things out. It might be uncomfortable for some to see how much money oh, they're spending. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, like you need to, like, this is, this is life, right? When like you see your parents like sitting at the table, opening the bills and like working out all their mm. expenses, of course, it's uncomfortable. Of course, like no one wants to be, you know, paying money, you know, when it comes to bills, when it comes to like expenditures, but these things are necessary. Mm. I think it's like part of growing up. Like we need to become familiar with these things 
and have this as like a little foundation where then when you go on to, you know, go thinking about mortgages, thinking about going and buying a house, thinking yeah. about other, you know, more expensive, like even luxury items like a car, for example, you need to uh, be able to have an understanding of if you can afford it, can you afford it? And you don't want to be living yeah. life in debt. I was lucky enough where I, I didn't have to work at uni to survive like mm. my student loan and um, the money that my parents gave me was enough. And so for me, like, it was I was lucky but for some people who yeah. might not be so in such a lucky position there's a lot of loan yeah. sharks out yeah. there payday loans yeah payday loans even like even the overdraft feature what do you think of like overdraft and stuff right that's a good question I obviously so for me like you like you said you're very fortunate you didn't have to work um in second year I decided to take on the job whereas final year I was like definitely don't want to have a job juggling yeah. obviously my dissertation studies and stuff so for me I just relied on my student loan and I didn't have any external income incomings from anyone else yeah so for me I had just had my student loan and obviously I did have my overdraft which I used during the holidays but then with my overdraft I knew that was available however I did budget what I used in my overdraft and I made sure I didn't spend more than 500 pounds out of the 1,000 pounds I have available, for example. Um, and I know it's so easy to see that you have 1,000 pounds of an overdraft for free money. Yeah. It's, and it's exactly. so easy just trying to fall into that trap. It's all about, like I said, budgeting and making sure that, okay, 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 maybe days where you need to go over it, that's fine. But knowing that there is a way you can, you can afford to come out of it is more important. I think people that, and I know it's not, it's hard for every, I can't speak on behalf of every student, so I know some people have to live in their overdraft. Yeah, but for exactly. me, I've always known that if I'm going to fall into it, I need to know there's a way that I can come out of it. Because for me, I don't want to be in that kind of debt where I know I'm stuck in that overdraft for the rest of the year. So that's why, again, I think budgeting is like, so crucial. Yeah. And it's so easy. I think a lot of people think budgeting has to be this whole massive spending plan that you spend months on getting all your bills together. Whereas I literally just work out my notes, how much I've got, divided by the weeks I've got, left at the term and that's literally my budget and yeah. I think people overcomplicate it so much hence why I've created this page to try and dumb it down a little bit to make it relatable to everyone to be like oh yeah I can do that as well it's so easy yeah exactly yeah it's just making taking those first steps because like budgeting like it sounds it does sound horrible oh like budget, dry as oh, well. like because then dry. Yeah, yeah you feel like you have to like confine yourself to x amount of money or, or whatever but mm. i remember you saying that there's three apps that you would recommend yeah T tell us more about those or tell us what you found from these apps so i personally use monzo so at uni i have my current account which is barclays and then i have my monzo account so once i've worked out my budget every i've worked out a weekly budget so i work move my weekly budget into my monzo account every week so where there is no overdraft in that, I know I can't overspend. Um, and the app is really good um, as it also breaks down where you spend your money. So you can see like people at the end of the week will be like, where did all my money go? Monzo helps you break it down being like, okay, I spent 20 pounds in the goose this week, or I spent 15 pounds in like, Asda, Sainsbury's and Tesco for the week, which is just ridiculous. Right, so for, that for those of you really who don't know, the Goose is one of the <laughs> best pubs near the University of Birmingham where me and Ola went. No, no, it's really funny. Just on a side note before we uh, carry on, like I knew you before uni, we played hockey together. Mm. And then, um, yep, we when, did. And then I remember you saying, Oh, I applied to Birmingham. I was like, No way, so did I. And then, but because Birmingham was my second choice, I didn't really sort of, um, I didn't expect me myself to go to Birmingham. But, you know, 
the this is how the universe works i ended up at birmingham mm -hmm. and as you yep. as we both know we both love that place anyone that knows me knows i love the goose everyone who knows me knows i love my money but i can do both and i think that's exactly. the importance as well is that you can still have a good time and you can still budget and save and invest at the same time it, you don't have to live the dull and mundane life to be able to just like stay on top of your finances yes. so yeah but we have and, known each other for a while <laughs> yeah exactly and um so so monzo you said is great and it's it must be easy yeah. to like set up get an account oh, of course so easy it's literally done on your app um and within like two to three days they send you a card in the post and you're set up and then say for someone that's a liability on a night out and they may lose their card it's so easy to freeze it on your app unfreeze yep. it if you found it um and yeah, I'm such an I'm such an advocate for Monzo, um, and they did follow me on Twitter the other day, so I must be doing something oh, right. Nice. <laughs> um, yep. The CEO of All Things Money is doing bits. She is, she is. And then I've also got another two recommended apps that I've found as well, just in case Monzo is something you use as your current account. So you also can also set something up with like an account with Yelp or Money Dashboard, and these two are very um, they're graphical, but in a sense where it's so clear to see how your money is broken down, and it's good. These both, both these apps are good because it shows all your bank accounts in one place. So okay. with Monzo, it's just your one account. Whereas Yelp, so for someone like me, I've got my Barclays, Monzo, I've got Santander savings account, I've got a Marcus savings account, and I've also got an investment save, investments account. Is that you? So with yeah. Yelp, that's me. That's me doing my thing. <laughs> so with those five accounts, Yelp and Money Dashboard will allow me to see all five accounts in one place, which I think is amazing because you can see where like you can see all the money you have and you're not blindsided to anything else. Um, and again, they also do like a breakdown of your spending as well, which is great. And yeah, so those are my top three apps that I definitely recommend, which is Monzo, Yelp and Money Dashboard. And they're all on the App Store or Chrome Store or whatever Android place that people place to get their apps from Mon <laughs> and, on, and, on, and on Android. That's on the Android. one. I don't even know how to say yes. it. <laughs> Are you uh, are you one of those uh, anti Android people like clouding yeah, Android? I don't even know what phones exist on the Androids. No, I mean, I've, look, what, I've, I've got I've got my Samsung. I love it. I could never I could never go to an iPhone. I know you are literally an advocate for Samsung, whereas I'm I'm iPhone all the way. Uh, I don't know if this is politically correct, but I want to say that uh, iPhones are certifiably retard proof. <laughs> well, there we go. That's why I use it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, honestly, like these banking apps, I've personally never used them, but I, I reckon like, especially like um, Money Dashboard where you can see and manage everything, I think it's, it's good. Mm. Like, everyone wants to be lazy and they want to just have everything in one place so that it's not different. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of things that do well are things that help you, you know, reduce the steps. So if you want to see, you know, the balance yeah. in two different bank accounts, instead of using two different apps, you can see it all in one place. I think that's Yeah, good. exactly. And I think it's so good. And they are so, like I said, everyone loves ease and they're so easy to download on your phone. All you need yeah. is your different bank accounts and then you're set up. Because yeah. like a few podcasts back when we spoke to uh, Chonga on the uh, the tech and AI episode, he was saying that these sort of, their new banks, they take advantage mm. of like technology and artificial intelligence to reduce the sort of bureaucracy of these old banks and to just- Yeah, definitely. It. And, and that's why they're doing so well. And I think uh, it's only, it's, you know, it's good for the consumer and it's also good in, from, in terms of like the bank, like an institutional point of view as well. Definitely. Like, who thought my Monzo card would be a nice coral pink colour? I love it. <laughs> or oh, it strays away from the boring Greed Lloyd's yeah. TSC or the I've boring, seen these, like, red. Yeah, I've seen these 
cards where you can have them like metal or like see-through so like yeah i want i'm definitely so we, are cha- we are changing the institution and it needs to be like that because it needs and especially with mon- like money i know it's so it sounds so boring but it does need to be revamped it does need to be not needs to have a new look on like on things as well which i think these three apps do very well like they're so colorful literally even my like 15 year old sister could use it it's that easy so yeah yeah, no, I rate that. I rate that. Would you, uh, would you ever like have an implant in your skin to look your all your cards Absolutely or something not. like something Absolutely like proper like Black not. Mirror, future futuristic like that? No chance. Uh, you wouldn't. That's fair enough. I mean, <laughs> I don't would know. you? I don't know. Like, would I? Would you get any implant? Any implants like in your brain or like? No, no. It's, it's, Imagine it's you having one. an oyster card implanted in your heart, and you use your, your forehead hand. to like. <laughs> absolutely not yeah <laughs> imagine but so that was your first topic and then you went on to savings mm-hmm. so i think savings again like ties in nicely to the whole budgeting so i did some research because i know on my um with this page i've got a lot of feedbacks and quite a lot of people said they would like some statistics as well yeah. and i think it's a very valid point um so when That's, i and also was doing my well. yeah definitely so i had Investopedia did a research and they found that only 40, like 46% of millennials claim they don't save enough money. So that's half, like nearly half of our people our age don't save, yeah. basically. And I was really shocked at that amount, especially yeah. with how easy it is to save money. I'm surprised that people don't, like not more people do it. Yeah. Um, and that's why I thought I'd t- like touch on that topic as well. Again, touching on the basics. And with savings, it's crucial for a rainy day, like especially with something like coronavirus now. Are you, would you say you've got money to set, like money put away in case anything happened for the next few months if you didn't have work? I think it, it it's important to, but like for me, it's it's different because I'm still a student. I'm a master student, so there's mm. a, it's it's different for someone who was working. But if I was working, it's difficult because some people genuinely live from week to week, and they they their mm. lifestyle and the way that they're set up doesn't allow them to necessarily put some money away to then you know but now that's where you're wrong and especially the fact that you said that the fact that you're a student I think with all due respect I think it's very very invalid point to the fact that I think anyone can save and I think again with this post that I did a lot of people think saving is about saving a hundred pounds or a thousand pounds a month when realistically even if it's just a pound you're still saving and I think people associate savings with, with all these big numbers and like again, like with Monzo, you got your roundup spending. So if you spent two pound ninety eight in Superdrug, they'd add two pence to your savings pot. Yeah. And I think people need to bring down that barrier of savings, like with associating with it being big numbers. I think any amount you can put away is something. And yeah. I think that's a lot of us students. I think a lot of us as students need to adapt as well. Like we might not think we can afford five pound savings, but if you gave up that one Starbucks coffee you have every week, mm. that's five pounds a week saved, you know? Yeah. Um, no, and I think that's true. another message that I am trying to get across as well. Yeah. No, no, it, it it's right. The, what I was trying to say is that if I was working from week to week and if I wanted to save some money, it'd be more difficult. Mm. you know mm. instead of like uh, when you financially plan and you're able to think things through then because then you want to to try and like exponentiate your savings so that you're able to mm. uh, i remember harsh saying a few podcasts ago that you have like a little rainy day pot so that once you have that yeah, pot, yeah. So that if there's if there's anything that goes wrong then you can have a backup and you can like fall back on that and then you'll be okay so mm. that, you know that that's the first step you know try and clear your debts and then 
uh, try and build up this sort of extra saving in, Definitely. The, in the form of this pot. Yeah, 100%. And obviously, like you said, it's like the savings for someone that's in a full-time job will be obviously completely different to the savings of someone who's a student. But at the same time, I don't know, if you're saving £1 a week for three months and for so, all of a sudden your car breaks down and you need a car, like you need a train ticket to, like back home to London, which might be 50 quid, hmm. at least you know you've got that 50 quid saved up. And £50 for some people might not be a lot, but if you yeah. save £50 for the others, that's a huge amount that I've saved them because they'll be like, "How? where am I going to get this £50 from? And I think that's what savings is crucial because someone's rainy day might be different to someone else's rainy day. Um, yeah, for sure. For and sure. yeah, it's crazy how much money you can save if you accumulate your pennies. Have you found that it's helped you like understand your spending patterns more? Yes. And yeah. And to be fair, so obviously we'll touch on this later on, but obviously I did a year in industry. Yeah. So I was in a fortunate position to be able to save like a decent amount of money. And I think where I was able to save that and obviously come back to student life, it did make me realise how much I, how much money I can't afford to save whilst I'm a student at the moment. But I did a simple calculation on my page and it was literally just like, even if you save £5 a week for the year, that's £250. Yeah. £250 can be a holiday, like a city break. Yeah. And it, when if you put it into that, if you develop that savings mindset, especially as a student, you'll realise, quickly realise how much money you can quickly save. And I think, and I am guilty, did I save this, this final year of uni? No. But could I have afforded £5 every week? Yes. So yeah. I think it is, again, just developing that savings mindset, I think it's absolutely crucial. Yeah, no, I think that's it's a, uh, it's a really good point that you raised because, but yeah, like you said, people associate like the whole savings thing with like a big, like, oh, how do I save like a thousand pounds? But you can't really save mm. that until you think about like the pennies, the smaller amounts, like you said, like, like, yeah, we're guilty, like on our campus, we're, when uh, as students, there's two costas, there's three Starbucks, and you walk past it on a hot day and you're like, yeah, I could do, I could do the chocolate frappuccino. But of course, when you start off there, then as you go on and on and on, then you'll be surprised. Even, even going out, like when I go out, when I, so after I graduated from Birmingham and then I started going out in London during my master's, you, you could see the mm. big difference going out in Birmingham compared to... Oh, of course, and you love to spend on a night out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, so like, those, those two pound, three pound pipes in Birmingham became five, six pounds in London. And so that's, that's oh, when I realised. And the thing is, I learned the hard way when I saw the next morning with a, you know, a bit of a fuzzy head that, uh, you know... <laughs> you, you, you worry me because you're the type of person that can easily spend a hundred pound on a night out. Where stingy oh, old dollar probably spends five pound entry, and that's about it for the night. I know, because like especially in especially in <laughs> Birmingham, when like you're buying rounds for your mates, and then you quickly realise in London that you know you can't, you don't have the means. The rounds to do are that. the same. Nah, no <laughs> chance, no chance. But yeah, but like this is the thing. So I think it's a great point. Like even like saving the extra five pounds, or like even like for example, like you go to a pub and you have like two, three, or if you just have one drink then you mm. save like a hell of a lot there yeah of course and it, even like especially during our time in the libraries like for me being final year I'd find myself being really lazy sometimes for making lunch and I'd easily and it's disgusting even saying it out loud but five pounds for a dirty wrap from the library not yeah. even gourmet and it's still five pounds and like if I just substituted me making this like a sack like a wrap from home that five pounds again can go into easily into a savings pot and even like the savings pot, especially with some like an app like Monzo, they create that savings pot for you. So say if you've so, like you've sacrificed your five pounds there, you can easily move that five pounds into a savings pot. And it's just little things like that. 
like just the little sacrifices that, and I've again said this on my post like you can still have a fun time like I'll still go on a night out but did I sacrifice that one that five that one wrap for five pounds or did I sacrifice that three pound meal that I had five times that week yeah. it's all the little sacrifices that we can all easily make yeah no that's it's completely right so what would you sort of advise someone if they asked you like uh where can I save and like, how can they go about doing that um, so I did this on my, one of my posts as well. So there's four different savings accounts that I'll touch on briefly. Um, one, which I recommend for a lot of students, is an easy access savings account. This means that obviously any amount of money you deposit, you can take at any time. So it's not like you've put your money away forever and it's locked and you can't touch it. Um, so I recommend an easy access savings if you haven't already got one. Um, another one is a regular savers account. And that account allows you to deposit a set amount of money every month for a certain amount of years um, and obviously that's agreed with your bank so you are you do basically essentially sign a, like a contract where you have to say assign a green amount and that goes in every month or you have like a fixed rate bond account and that means you are you will gain a certain amount of interest if you leave your money away for a certain amount and obviously that kind of account is for someone that can afford to put away money for five ten years and not touch it yeah. And obviously that's one that you have to consider depending on your financial um, circumstance. And then you've also got an ISA, which are obviously a lot of us people know what they are. But for people that don't, those are savings accounts allow you to put money away, interest and interest rates, interest you gain from it is tax free. So again, that's yeah. another savings up, account up that 20, is recommended. Up to £20,000, yeah? Yep, every year. So you have a limit per, for your ISAs, you have £20,000 limit every year. So every financial year, you can add an extra twenty grand maximum. Yeah, cool. Uh, so yeah, on, so those are the four different ones. Just on this point, uh, do you know much about the help to buy ISAs? Yes, I do indeed. Um, I personally haven't got a help to buy ISA. I went for a lifetime ISA instead. Okay. Um, for the help to buy ISA, I know you can deposit, I think it's up to £200 a month um, for a set amount of time and obviously and all the money that, is saved the government as 25% on top but obviously that the deadline for that they've stopped doing that now and obviously whoever has got one congratulations but obviously for anyone that hasn't obviously that unfortunately they aren't available anymore but there is a lifetime ISA that does a similar thing as well yeah because I remember because I, I remember this distinctly in my head that like it was the last day where you could open a help to buy ISA and oh I'll, yeah so and, I know many of my friends put one pound in just to open yeah, it and no, fair play. I, I guarantee if I had a look in there, it'd have like a tenner in it. But it's important. I, like this is the thing, like once I like understand more about what's going on, then I'll be able to like take it more seriously and not just have just a random account with a tenner in it. Like it makes no sense. Yeah, of course. But then again, a tenner, that shouldn't be scrutinised because at least that's £10 more than what someone else might have in their, so, like, their ISA account, you know? And I think... The fact that you've even used your initiative to even open help to buy ISA is great. And I'm definitely going to touch on that soon because obviously now there's obviously no help to buy ISA. So anyone that has missed out, lifetime ISAs are a greater, if not better opportunity to um, save for a future house, which I've got myself. So, yeah. Oh, nice. So, yeah, make sure you uh, follow Ola's at all things money underscore Instagram page where you'll get more in depth things about all things money and it is great because i obviously <laughs> um you can come on the podcast and we can touch upon all these things but you know if people definitely 
if people are interested, then I, I highly encourage them to go and check you out. Thank you. So, of course, savings, massive, massive thing. I guess like the the logical next step would be, and I suppose this is why it's the you know it's been your most recent topic is of course the whole aspect of interest rates. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. And in fact, I loved doing this um, topic covering interest rates just because it's crazy to see how us as savers are being penalised. And I think if when I did release this um, post, and I'm going to do a roundup on Sunday just so people get the real gist of it, but we are as savers being completely ripped off with these um, low interest rates at the moment. And for anyone that doesn't know, the Bank of England has reduced our interest rates down to 0.1%, which is its all-time low that it's ever been you know, in I was so long. When, when, when I heard about that, because when I was doing econ at uni and in school like it was already at ridiculously low rates and then mm. for them to put it even lower like it's it's crazy and it like exactly on a, on, on a separate point like i've been thinking about like this whole like monetary policy aspect of like mm. especially when it comes to like um economic recovery after economics yeah uh, economic recovery after covid and it's like well the thing is they've reduced it to such a low rate that like it sort of like makes monetary policy like a bit redundant in a sense like they of can't, course 100% because like this is going to be like so we we live in a credit-based economy right and so but how can you lower like interest rates any lower like there's there's there's, there's a zero bound exactly no exactly and that's why I think it's just obviously and I do understand why they've done it and they've and I, they do it obviously for anyone that doesn't know is to try and in, like, induce all of us to spend our money instead of um to spend more, to gain more credit, to gain more um, mortgage mortgages, blah blah blah, just so obviously they can try and recover the economy. But for someone that, for someone like me that doesn't want to increase their credit spending, that does want to save, I think it's really unfair that we are being penalised. For example, my money was locked away in Santander for a good few months, and I think I made like twenty pence on my like on my return, which and is then, just yeah, exactly. ridiculous for the amount that I've got saved in there. And hence and, why I did this post. Yeah, and just. Uh, before you carry on inflation like you're actually losing money no is that exactly that exactly that so a lot of us are being penalized not like i'm saying you shouldn't save at all because there are other options but for like for me that has like a santander account which i've moved all my money out from now um it's just ridiculous that a lot of us are being penalized yeah so what else, but, have um, you, what yeah. else has your research told you about interest rates um, so obviously they're now at zero, um, low of 0.1. However, there are many high interest savings accounts that exist. And for someone like me, I've moved my money over to a Mar- Marcus account, which is by um, Goldman Sachs. If anyone else wants to do that move, I definitely high re- highly recommend it. Um, and they, I mean, it's not great, but it's at, their interest rates are at 1.35%. So it is a little bit more than... 0.1 that Santander was um, offering me and it is still an easy access account because I did get loads of questions about that because people assume that you couldn't touch your money but it is an easy access account and it's just all online again oh, great for our age and generation because obviously we are all online now so I definitely recommend an account like that or yeah, you do have exactly. the other option of investing in the stock market but that's another topic for another day and I know you've done a lot um, you did a podcast on investing as well yeah, it's, it is important because I suppose like it's I, I like the way that you've like structured everything because it's like the logical steps. Obviously, you start off at mm. the very basics and with like savings and budgeting and then learning about all these things. And then you go on to investing. And yeah, 
I think it's like both of us would like recommend people if you've got like if you feel comfortable with like any spare money that you have and you want to you know try and see if you can increase that then why not yeah definitely especially so obviously in comparison your your current account will probably be 1.0.1 percent interest rate whereas your average return on investing in the stock market is around seven percent and I mean I know I love my money but for anyone that even doesn't I think there's a we all know there's a better there's a better art yeah. there's a better yeah for sure route to do with our money than to leave yeah. it at zero point one percent. And do you know what? Like, so a lot of my friends are, are like really interested in investing, and I remember I spoke to you mm. about this in terms of like a few a few. Um, I'd say coming up to like a month ago now, the the market sort of like bottomed out, and it was a great yeah. sort of entry point for people to uh, you know invest. And I think uh, I I personally didn't. I'm hitting myself now about it, but you know a lot of people who invested at that point when the stocks were really really low, they're like mm. they're seeing they're seeing like massive rewards. Like even now, like a month, yeah. they're seeing like upwards of 10% return and then they're meant yeah. to be they should be expecting 7% return annually and they're getting this within a month so yeah. be alert and don't be scared to invest of course of course but obviously don't don't it's you know it's dangerous you have to realize that you know you could lose money as well as get money you mm-hmm. have to know what's you have to know what's going on you have to do your research and yeah definitely have a look at the at the stock markets now because you know everyone's saying that we're you know likely to go into a depression or like uh, you know a recession. Yeah, exactly so that. It's a mm. great time, especially if you're young, looking to just pick up a few stocks here and there. It's uh, you know wh- why not? If, if if it's so cheap, then why not? Yeah, exactly. And touching on your point on returns, um, last week one of my um, stocks made a sixteen percent return, which oh, nice. is just ridiculous because that's more money than my savings made last year the whole three six five yeah. days and I made it all in one day so again like you said obviously there is an element of risk investing in the stock market and I do definitely advise you do your research first however they are there is a lot of ridiculous returns you can make when in stock and um, when investing in the stock market especially during these times now yeah exactly exactly and I think it, it is really cool and I think um, everyone loves to talk about investing but then when it comes to like like i'm a prime example when it comes to like putting your money where your mouth is then it's a different story <laughs> but oh, of course and then again like i've said like i've got so like you said i'm doing it in logical steps and i am doing a super series on investing on my page comes soon but even just try testing the waters like i did um this is i made a separate investment account um last week and just to try out different stocks and i invested like a measly 25 pounds just on one share um, and it's made like £35 already. And it's ridiculous because obviously, like you said, the returns at the moment are crazy. But yeah. like, again, you do just need to, one, do your research and two, sometimes just put your money where your mouth is and just give it a go. Yeah. I don't think there's any harm in trying it. But again, I do recommend having your cash savings first and then anything little that you do have left over, then maybe play with from the stock market. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a, that's a great bit of advice that we, we can... Uh, to people at this point as well i know you'll be talking about um investing on your on your page you know in the next few weeks or so so Mm. what what other topics can uh, we say to the big fans of your account what what can they expect in the next uh, few weeks um we do have a lot of topics coming i've got um credit cards i think is a massive topic that we need to talk about i want to remove the taboo about credit cards because they're not all bad yeah. I've got one myself um, and I also want to talk about how to improve your credit score as well with that. 
Yeah, no, that's, um, what, that's what I was going to say. Like, that's really important, I think. Uh, like, mm. Especially when it comes to like, you know, getting houses or getting mortgages and even loans and stuff in the future. It's, uh, it's really important to have a good credit yeah, score. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, that's, again, another way of like, like, teaching you how to manage your finances as well. Because you realise, like, for example, my credit card interest rate is at 27.3%, which is ridiculous. And it means uh, that... It will make me want to make pay my money off at the end of the month because who wants an extra twenty seven percent added on to their bill? Not me. I know it's crazy. So again, it's I think crazy. it's a good exactly. So I think that's another good way to kind of look at it when it comes to credit credit cards and how to manage your finances. Um, I've also got ISAs, like I mentioned, talking about like the difference between your help to buy your um your stocks and shares ISAs, especially for anyone that wants to invest. Um, I've got I've got loads. What else have I got coming? I don't know. To be fair, if you want to know, you need to follow my page. Yeah, and exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> I definitely would recommend. Also, do you know what I just realised now? Like, you are the voice of the Faraday Solicitors advert that will be going yes, out. Yes, I am. In, in this podcast too. <laughs> it's crazy. I just, I just realised now. It's podcast. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> to be fair, people might have recognised me. People might have been like, I've heard that voice before. And I yeah. am she. I am the girl behind the advert. But yeah, so that's all the good things coming on All Things Money. And again, if you would like to follow, then follow me at All Things Money underscore. The Contrarian Podcast, sponsored by Faraday Solicitors. Going to court can be stressful and difficult. That's when you need support and expert advice. Faraday's solicitors have a range of departments providing family law, criminal defence and civil litigation advice. Our solicitors are available to discuss your case to ensure you achieve the best possible outcome. Our reputation is built upon a philosophy of thorough case preparation coupled with a fearless commitment where we endeavour to provide every client with a high quality service. We hold a legal aid franchise are LXL accredited and are regulated by the SRA. Our solicitors will advise you on the most cost-effective way to fund your case as we accept both privately and publicly funded cases. Faraday's solicitors firmly believe that everyone has a right to justice and we will help you uphold that right. We can be contacted on 0207 281 1001 or via email on inquiries at faradaysolicitors.co.uk. The heart of East London, it's New Sound Radio 22 FM. Have you used Klarna? Yeah, I'm anti it. So anti really, it. What's like awful? What What's uh, so if you don't, bad about it? So if you don't pay, so obviously you got like you pay like three pound every month. If that for that what the last month you don't pay it, one they don't give you an alert, and two if you default on that payment, that counts as real debt and it will hinder your credit card score. Really? So yeah, and they don't advertise that. Yeah, because it's sort of and that's what's adverti- really really bad. Yeah, because it's like for example, if I was looking to buy like uh, a, like a shirt for like let's say sixty quid, and like if you like. Mm. It, a shirt for 60 quid is sort of like you did. I don't want to pay 60 quid right now. Oh, three easy yeah. payments. You know, yeah, let, me, exactly. let me do that right now. And then it just seems so much better. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit. Yeah. And it's, it's and it, yeah. And I mean, for me personally, for someone that I, I could keep up on top of it, perfect. Why not? But then again, Klarna is something that can like mask how much you're really spending. 
So you can easily pay £20 today, but who knows you've got £20 next month for people, like you said, obviously who live week to week. Um, and then again, which is really bad, it's come to light that if you default on that payment, that's the default yeah. and that comes on your credit score. Yeah. Awful. Exactly. And that's only £3, but... Uh, this is like yeah this is a thing and i think yeah sometimes it's, it's good like i'm sure you'll discuss this um in your future post but it is good to have um some sort of like credit in terms of like you know if you oh yeah if you um can um reduce a massive lump sum into like regular payments over like six months or like 12 months mm. like let's just say your phone contract like it comes out of your account as what, like 20, 30 quid a month. Whereas like, if you were yeah. to just get that all in one go, it'd be like one K like, so it's good oh, to yeah, spread. 100%. Like that's just one example, but it's good to like spread things out. I know people get like finance on mm. their cars and stuff. And even like, you know, yeah. with anything in their life. Like, that's another good topic actually, car finance. Car finance. And also like, yeah. it, it sort of all links in with like having, li like being liquid with your money. Like not to yeah. have like um, big purchases in one go and have your money tied up, etc. So yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. But come. What else have we got coming? Yeah, loads. Got loads coming. Nice. Money. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the first half. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions to do with uh, money, finances, personal finances, obviously hit up your girl Ola. And yes, yes, yes. Be able to. Well, she's she is committing to doing a Q&A session every week, aren't you, Ola? I am indeed. So, I don't know how much you have. Lockdown Ola's probably going to love it. Post-lockdown Ola's going to be like, what was I thinking? But any questions, I'm here. I'm your gal. Exactly. But cool. So I thought the next half of the podcast will really uh, pick your brain further because I know that you did a year in industry when you were at uni and I, I feel like it's it's a question that I've definitely thought about and I didn't mm. do a year in industry but I think a lot of people you know either you know that year is like if, if it's not built into their degree then it might be something they might be you know umming and ahhing about so yeah first of all tell us about your year in industry okay so I worked at Enterprise Rental Car for the year so I did July to July um, and I worked as a management trainee from the beginning. And after nine months, I was fortunate enough to get promoted to management assistant. Um, and I worked at Stansted Airport, um, renting cars, managing operations, managing the finance. Um, very all-rounded year abroad, really. Um, year industry, sorry. Um, yeah. And yeah, I loved it. It's challenging, but it was a good year. And I definitely recommend it to anyone who would okay. like to so do a year, a year in industry. So was it, so did you have to do this year in industry? Um, so with my course, um, there's, so I did business management for anyone, I obviously haven't touched on that. I did business management at uni um, and you've got the route to do a three year course or you've got the route to do a four year course with a year in industry. And I did opt to do the year in industry um, course instead. Did you enjoy it? Like that's the main thing. Did you feel, did it live up to your expectations? Did you, would you recommend something like that to other people? Mm, um, so firstly, it was a challenge and I'm not going to lie. For someone that's done, experienced two years of uni and then going into full-time work, it is a massive change, but it's not a change that no one can adapt to. I definitely adapted very quickly because you have no choice to. Um, it was a struggle, but I, the people I worked with, definitely, definitely made it. You come into contact with so many people, so different, like so many different people as well that you wouldn't come across at uni. I'm grateful for the fact that I did that. Um, 
I definitely, definitely recommend it to anyone that is umming and ahhing. It isn't an easy process applying. That's something we can touch on a little bit later on. But for overall, as a year in industry, I definitely recommend for anyone that is considering it to do it. Yeah, it's something that I wish that I had done because I think it, it, you become more mature as well because at uni, mm. you, li- you live as a subpar human being, <laughs> I reckon. And oh, yeah. Oh, and, 100%. And so especially when, you, Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, when it, like taking, especially, I think it gives you a flavour of like stuff in the future because uh, fair enough, oh, a, lot of, a lot of people uh, don't do these internships, have, have these experiences in the real world. And so then they apply and then they might, find out that you know what they've been work they what they've been working their whole life towards they actually decide oh I don't actually like this anymore of course a hundred percent and I, like, like you said like working at enterprise was an amazing year and it and for me for someone like me who's the only studied it um business management from a book there's so many things you can gain idealistic views from so marketing I know a lot of people would like to go into um marketing advertising all of that is glamorized so much in your course yeah um especially for something like a module that I took, I did operations, I thought it was so dull and mundane. But when working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, operations was just crazy. The operations side of it was crazy and I loved it so much. And again, doing a year in industry allowed me to see what I loved and what I hated. And like what I loved is operations and I never thought I would have, I would never have known that if I hadn't done a year in industry. And if I did have to pick one aspect of business going to post-uni, it would definitely be operations, which is what I wouldn't have said in second year. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, right, is that you've got a whole year of experience that you can reflect on and talk about when you when it comes to oh, applying to mm. other things. And I think that's really important. Like if we just if we generalize it to just like experience at, as a whole at uni is like you should try and go and get as much as possible, whether it's going to those Definitely. spring weeks, internships, vacation schemes, yep. anything that you can try and get your hands on. And I think like what I, what I rate about you is that like you were forward thinking and you wanted to go get this experience. Whereas like with me, 100%. like it's, it's not that I didn't have enough. I don't have enough experiences that like it's, it's, it's always a struggle when you sort of realize, Oh crap, I need to get more experience as opposed to like, Definitely. Oh, you've already got the whole year where you can talk, which mm. you can reflect on and talk about. Yeah. hundred percent. And even, and like, like we're going to touch on a bit, um, the recruitment process, even though I had four years working in the leisure industry with three, four different job roles, even talking about those experiences, sometimes it just didn't seem enough. Yeah. And now that I've worked in a like worked in a job during my young industry where I've experienced two job roles, even a promotion, which some people may be fortunate enough to get as well, it definitely does add something to your CV. And like, there's only so, and there is only so much that maybe doing a sport can do, or maybe doing. Um, a society can bring to your CV. I think, especially now that like you've definitely touched in one of your podcasts, everyone comes out with a degree. Loads of people are coming out with two ones first and there is something that you need just to kind of add a little sparkle to your CV. And I think doing a year in industry definitely helps do that. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think, yeah, it's like when, when you get these sort of things under your belt, then it's just, it's so, it like, I didn't realize how beneficial it was. And like my mum was one of those pushy mums that always like got me to do different things, bits and bobs in the summer. Mm, definitely. And then you, and then you realize when, like, especially when after uni, when I was like, okay, fine. Like, so I'm going down the, the law route. And so like fixing up my CV and realizing that, you know, my mum forcing me to go and do work experience uh, with my dad who has his own law practice. Like it, it all like comes into fruition at some point. Like you might not realize definitely. it at the time, but like, just like, 
these valuable bits of things definitely help and so if i if i was to like give any advice to someone like my younger self i would definitely say be more active at uni don't just be in the little drinking and social bubble that you're, you're gonna be in and like do yeah do, and do, it is so easy to fall down that trap and like and i'm not gonna say like i've said throughout this whole podcast that i'm not perfect at all have did i go to my lecture in first or second year not really um <laughs> Did I work in first year? No, not really. Did I do a society? No. But again, like you said, there's that you do genuinely do need to add a little bit of sparkle to your CV, enhance it, whatever way it is. Um, even if it is just doing a week works work experience, it is definitely something that needs to be added to your CV because employers look for more and therefore you look for even more now during these harder times where everything's so much more competitive to try and get a job. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And like, I think it's, it would be good to, like, you obviously wanted to talk about the uh, recruitment process. So what was your experience in terms of, like, applying? Because I assume, like, Enterprise was, like, one of many applications that you submitted. Mm, yeah. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Applying is hard. Applying is stressful. It can be really demotivating at times, but you just need to be resilient with it. You need to stick with it. Um, and obviously, I know it's hard because... For me, I've had to juggle my second year studies and applying for jobs during first semester. Um, and it does help having um, a goal of an, um, a company that you want to work for. However, sometimes it is good to kind of ease the pressure off that one goal you have and just apply for as many as you can. Yeah. However, whilst you do apply for as many as you can, try not to sound generic across all of them. Do try and tailor and alter your CV and your cover letter to suit that company. Um, and I did apply for a lot. I applied for a good 15, 16 yeah um, and I think I only came out with two um job offers which was Disney and and no I had came out with three actually I got, came out with IBM Disney and Enterprise Rent-A-Car and Enterprise was my number one choice I went with them but you do need to kind of just stay resilient with it and keep motivated because it is hard when you get no after no after no yeah, for sure and especially when you sometimes you feel like they've literally only just glanced over your CV you've not even got to the next stage and Again, with the recruitment process, there is more than just one stage. <laughs> it's awful, but there's lots, with some of them, there's like six stages, there's three assessment centres, all this like drama. However, it is worth it in the yeah. end when you do finally get that one acceptance and it does make your day. Um, it definitely does make your year as well when you know you've got your, your, your industry sorted. Yeah, for sure. It almost like the way I see it is that applications in itself is a full-time job. Like, Oh, 100%. And, and like... <laughs> Uh, it was really funny like uh, we had like this talk at my uni and they they like sort of described the application processes as if like you're trying to like seduce like it's like they treat them as like a, a girl you're trying to like you know take them out on a date you're trying to like convince them that you want to spend time with them like that that's the thing like you've got to like make yourself look good and then you've got to make yourself look as if you're interested in them like saying okay what, what different parts about the the law firm uh, do you like and stuff and so like although I should have taken your approach in terms of like you know spending a lot more time and uh, producing a lot more applications like I feel like I, I don't know like why I did this but I, I did this anyway so I only applied to places which I felt that my values aligned with them so that ended up being yeah of only, course and only, there's nothing only, wrong with yeah, that yeah only two places so like obviously my mum was like really annoyed at me she's like you've had six months to you know do as many applications why have you only done two and so like it was difficult to explain to her but like what, what I want what I really wanted to do was like 
end up at a place which I felt really strongly about. And so although this ended up being two places and then um, uh, one of them uh, rejected me before interview stage and then the other one um, I got through to inter- interview stage and I'm still waiting to hear back. But just like the whole process of how it like manifested, like in the interview, I like it was almost as if like I because I wanted to be there, it made it easier. You know, mm. it, it made me want to do well and to want it more and then to perform well in that interview so hopefully I mean hopefully it all doesn't backfire and I'm left with you know nothing but I feel like no of course but then that's I think that is vital as well like like I know I said that it's best to apply to as many as you can and however there are obviously some jobs that if you you do like I said it needs to align with your values also needs to align with what you really want to do because there's nothing worse than being given a job that you have to stick that whole year for like with my um course you had to at least complete 48 weeks I think of employment so even if you didn't like it to for me to complete my degree I had to at least stick out 48 weeks and that is a long time in a job you do not like or you do not agree with the people like the people you work with so like you said that is definitely definitely vital um but yeah no it's 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 interesting and yeah so if it's about striking the right balance sort of like Mm. leave leave yourself time to find all the different places that you enjoy uh, or that you think that you're going to uh, like working at and then really like put your heart and soul into these places because if you if you look Definitely. at it from their point of view they're receiving upwards of a thousand applications for for something like 20 to 30 jobs and so they, they they're not gonna they're gonna tell if you've just done a copy and paste job and realize exactly and so especially like I always forget but like these places employ people specifically to read applications like graduate yeah. recruitment and a lot like of a them whole... they literally want they i think it was like something like i think they scan it 30 40 seconds per cv so if they haven't read anything that stands out it sounds harsh but it literally does just go into the rubbish pile they're not interested they need something that has a little bit of something different and um, something they haven't read before something very niche and if you can feel tick their boxes then it's perfect yeah for sure for sure so yeah go on tell us something funny about what happened in your year in industry Oh gosh, put me on the spot now. Um, something funny. Oh, oh, there's. I've had so many stories. Okay, working in the car rental business, very, very interesting, especially over summer. So obviously, I started my placement year in the summer, July, which is absolute height of car, like all the summer holidays, all this. Fun I mean, not stuff, all not, this, not this year, on. right? <laughs> no, what summer for 2020? I don't exist. Um, but it's, it's a, summer 2018 was absolutely manic um so yes yeah, so I got straight thrown straight into the deep end and I remember I was on the returns cabin and that was me just checking in all the cars that returned and um, from whatever period of time and this I remember at Stansted right yeah at Stansted airport which was absolutely buzzing throughout the summer there was like no rest anyway so every car that had to come return you have to do a boot to boot check where you check the condition of the car make sure it matches the condition it left out and I remember this and um, I had a Vauxhall insignia that came in and I've seen a lot of them by now, so I knew exactly what I need to look for. And this car was coming up to me and the bumper was dragging on this floor. And I was thinking, goodness me, what has this car gone through? <laughs> anyway, so that's the last thing I mentioned. I walked around the car as if nothing had happened and I checked the bumper. Last, and I said to this gentleman, I was like, oh, so like, not sure if you knew what happened to this bumper. He goes, oh, no, 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 this car was like this when I rented it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, sir, surely, surely you noticed this bumper hanging off. He's like, yeah, yeah, and I definitely mentioned it to your member of staff. I was like, sir, health and safety regulations, unfortunately, we cannot let you, we could not ever have rented this car to you. 
with this bumper dragging off. Anyway, hour later, he's still in my face. All of a sudden, it started escalating his scream, saying he'd this car had left this condition. Anyway, thankfully, because he was insisting he needed to see CCTV, um, and I don't know how we managed to find it, but we managed to see him drive, leaving the car park with the bumper fully intact. And unfortunately, I can't remember his name, but we had to um, run his car for £1,000 worth of damage to this bumper that he had supposedly... Um, I don't know. I lo- would love to know the story of how he managed to do this. Because what was it? That's the front the or the I've back bumper? Front bumper. Okay, so so that's definitely like his. Know. That's like if it was the back, you could say someone drove into him. Fine, but oh, the 100%. front bumper. That's that's, front. That is yeah, exactly. That's like his his doing. I mean, uh, absolutely. I, that's yeah. That's mad. And there was another. And there was another one. Um, I mean, my funny is probably different to everyone else's funny, but I, at the time it was just hilarious. Because thinking, how could you? How can you possibly say this left like it left the car park like this? And there was another one. So at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, I know we work at Staten Airport, but our cars aren't allowed to go abroad. Yeah. And um, I remember this old gentleman come up to me and he returned the car. And I was like, oh, so like, how was the car for you? He goes, oh, lovely. Like, perfect. I was like, what'd you do with it? He goes, oh, you went to Switzerland and back with the car. And I was thinking, <laughs> like, excuse me? He goes, oh, yeah, like, it was lovely. Like, my trip to Calais. Then we went through this country and this country. We ended up in Switzerland. And it just wasn't even worth the wasn't even worth the argument. But I was just thinking, how did you manage to pass so many borders with our car and it didn't flag up? But really? So is it is it, it meant to flag up on the system? Yeah, yeah, because it's not meant to leave. It's not meant to leave the UK. And if it does, then you're uninsured. Oh, um, so, so he goes three weeks. So he was uninsured <laughs> for the whole time, mad. Yeah, in Switzerland. I don't know what he was doing in Switzerland, but yeah, he decided I mean, to rent the car and take it over there. Uh, having a whale of a time. Clearly. Oh, oh, God, I wish I was in. Uh, <laughs> Calais, not Calais, but I'd like, pay to go. France. I'd pay to go anywhere right now. <laughs> well, literally, and uh, the reason why I wanted to touch upon like this whole like year in industry stuff and like experience is because like this whole coronavirus saga as it it does put a lot of people who want to do a year in industry, even a year abroad, because uh, that's a, mm. a sort of a similar experience. Although you're doing you know uni uh, instead of uh, working, but it's the same concept and. I do feel sorry for a lot of people who are, you know, like you've graduated this year, so you've sort of like missed out. But like some people who are like in the middle of their studies, like it's crazy. Mm. Yeah, no, no. And especially I do feel for the people that are either, that had either been given a job or are still looking for a job. Um, and my heart does go out to the people that have had their year in industry jobs taken from them because I know how hard is to apply for these yeah. jobs and I know so many people have had their even grad jobs have been taken from them because of coronavirus um yeah honestly and it's, like, not, it's not easy like for me like a lot of my friends who applied to like different law firms some of them like cancelled their uh, training contracts or you know mm-hmm. uh, cancelled their vacation schemes and a lot of these like especially for something that I'm doing so I'm doing like the, the post-grad law conversion so a lot of people uh, sort of like this is their like sort of like one chance to sort of like well not one chance but like especially like if you haven't sorted it before like during your undergrad studies yeah of course something where you're like it's it's sort of dragged like for me anyway this is my experience of it like although I don't regret doing economics and politics I wish that I did law at uni then get everything out the way and you know have all yeah. these things in place beforehand uh, I mean I mean, obviously hindsight yeah. is a beautiful thing but just my I'm I'm lucky in the sense that my vacation scheme wasn't cancelled. I still had the interview for it, waiting to hear back from it. So Yeah, of course, definitely, because um, you're definitely one of the few ones. But I've got a question for you. So obviously I know you didn't do um, a year in industry, but did you not feel like you needed a break after second year? 
I felt after second year because like second year was like one of like the the best years in terms of like mm. I I had a great time and I also like fixed up my studying. I I took I took uni more seriously because first year at the University of Birmingham didn't count. So second year it was sort of like a a really nice mix between like work and play. And the thing is that summer after second year I was working anyway. My um, I used to work for a hotel in Canary Wharf and. I, I worked oh, yeah. there in the summer before uh, before that, so the summer after first year. And so they wanted me to come back, so I went there. So that was sort of like my little break. That summer was really nice because as students, what, we get like four-month holidays anyway. So I was working for yeah, that. That was, a, that was a nice little break. And then, mm. I, I don't know, I, I just like being at uni. It was, uh, I, I don't think, even if I went back, I, I don't think I would have done a year in industry just because of like the whole way like my life was like playing out like I knew that I wanted to do a law conversion so that was sort of like yeah I was uh, going towards and so I I could like get my experience and stuff in in summers because like summers are like four months of the year anyway so yeah true that's fair but, no for, like, as for me like I found yeah, second yeah, year yeah, very intense great. yeah um with my course and like the last thing I wanted to do especially when I remember we had like a dissertation meeting at the end of second year and I was thinking Lord, I'm so not ready for final year. Get me out of this place. And um, I think that was another reason why I did the industry, just because I definitely, definitely needed a break from studying um, and to also kind of prolong my time at uni because I love uni and I've only just finished. Um, so, yeah. yeah, no, I definitely am grateful I did the industry just because I did need a break from my studies. Yeah. No, it's interesting because, like, we were in the same year and then you did your year in industry. Mm. I then graduated and then you sort of came back and like you, were, you were lucky because you did still have a lot of friends, but did you still feel like a, like a lot of your other friends who had graduated? It was a bit of a shame that they weren't there. Um, to be fair, I was lucky in the fact that to be fair, I think you're probably one out of five friends that didn't do a year out um whereas all my friends did a year like either did a year in industry or a year abroad so I was very fortunate in the fact that everyone that I did uni with were still back what all came back whilst I when I went back so I was lucky in that sense yeah um, I do I do know like, what you mean like I do like although like masters is like all good and stuff I still wish that I was an undergraduate student but <laughs> A hundred percent. Like I was, to be fair, and I know final year was stressful, but I did still live my best life in final year. Um, and yeah, and I, I think you were you were already implementing your your own advice from all things money, like months before. Oh, I know. The page. Oh, so, I know. Like if you know, of course, if I've got six of my friends investing, so I mean, if I can multiply that number with that um, pay, it'd be great. But no, honestly, I think I'm glad, I'm very glad that I did the industry. But then again, like for someone like me, I went from first and second year not doing any study, like going, didn't use the library once. Yeah. Didn't go to my lectures, nothing. As in, whereas brand new state of the art library that they just built. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't now to return a book, let alone get one out or anything. Um, whereas I came back after final year and I literally was so, uh, having a routine was just what I needed. Um, and like I was so, I was, so I adapted so much and changed so much as a person got wanting to go to my lectures, wanting to be up at nine o'clock. Well, I think nine o'clock is a bit of a stretch. Let's say 11 o'clock. <laughs> I'd go to the gym, go to the library. And I had such a good routine that I st- stuck with during my final year, which I don't think I would have had if I hadn't gone to my year in industry, yeah. um, which is interesting to be fair. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good point that you bring up because I think some people do need a little break 
from like uni because uni can be intense like you're thrown into this like really you know be you know this strained world and it can be it can be a lot and i and i do i do feel like yeah if you it's it's good to break it up and then because then you also mm. like really appreciate being back at uni like you get a bit of a sense of perspective as well so yeah no definitely yeah and i might and obviously now we're, we're talking about all things money i managed to save a lot of money which is great um and that's another reason why i recommend it as well because if you are in a position where someone like me that can only rely on their student loan i was able to come back to uni and feel like less financial pressure just because i was able to save like a substantial amount of money which is great um, and I know a lot of people could do with something like that as well because it's a whole year. And I did manage, I was fortunate enough to earn a decent wage whilst I was at Enterprise, which was great. So, yeah. And then yeah. also another point I would like to add is that with your year in industry, especially during these times now, a lot, I can't speak for all of them, but some of them will offer you a job to go back to post-uni, which is great. Um, I'm one of the fortunate ones that was offered to me. So, I mean, not too sure what. I'm going to do post-corona world, but I do have an option to go back to Enterprise if I did want to. Um, and I know that definitely does help a lot of people as well when it comes to want, not wanting to apply again for jobs during final year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, honestly, it was great chatting with you today. I hope that our listeners learn a bit more about personal finance, about money, but also like yeah. maybe it was like that little push to sort of get them going in terms of, okay, this is something like, uh, personal finance is something that I really need to take seriously because it is like yeah. this is a foundation to do like, any successful person that you're speaking to like you've got to start with the basics and then build your way up you can't just you know expect uh, you know all these like some people are lucky where their their income is so great that they don't have to care about how much they spend but you know yeah, for, for the rest of us it's uh, definitely something that we've got to uh, be thinking yeah. about and that's definitely during this coronavirus time I think especially now we're doing on lockdown and I could I can't speak for myself. I don't know where I'm gonna be in the next three three months, next month, let alone next three months. And I think something like budgeting and saving is so crucial because now, okay, I have not got any outgoings now, but say the world goes back to normal next month, I need to know that I've got some money put aside or I don't know, for personal finance, I don't think it's, it's ever been a better time to kind of get to terms and get to grips with it now, especially with all the free time we have and how much we love to scroll on Instagram. For sure. And hence why I've used this platform because it's just such easy information to kind of read. Um, and hopefully anyone that has read it or has come across my page so far has found it useful. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've def- I definitely have. It's like, like I said before, if it's something in front of me, then I'll read it. If it's not, then I will just not bother. No, and I'm the same. I am guilty. I'm, and, and like I'm guilty an- another, th- <laughs> another thing that um, we've been doing at the Contrarian here is that uh, on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, we've been sort of like summarizing the key headlines of the day for people. Yes, and I, and and I love that. So I, so I hope people are, are liking that. I want to be really selfish and say I'm also doing it for myself so that I can actually keep up to date with what's going on as well. But mm. like, if, if I can help, like, you know, if I like see myself as like the audience for like, the, you know, the, the Instagram page and stuff. Then yeah. I just, I hope that people are gaining from it. And I'm, yeah, because like, like, like you've just said, especially for someone like me, like I hate re- watching the news at 5 p.m. every night because I think it's so depressing it's not helping my mood so I've not really I've switched off to that but I do kind of do need to have grips on what's going on in the world and like you said if the information isn't in front of me then I'm not going to be interested in reading it but the fact that you've condensed it into such an easy way of just knowing what the headlines are so good and it does need to be needed because a lot of people want to want to watch the news but can they be asked to watch it at 5 p.m no do people want to see those faces on their their tv no so I think it's definitely a good idea of what you've done 
Yeah, and it's 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 funny because like a lot of people, there's like people are like showing a lot of distrust to like mainstream media these days, and so mm, definitely like, a lot like, of clickbait. Yeah, and do you know what? Like, it sounds really weird, but I get a lot of my news through meme accounts on Instagram. It's oh crazy. Goodness, like, of course you do. Or like, like that does uh, not even surprise me. Like GRM <laughs> Daily, or like I'm just ba- honestly because oh, like any, anything that's just like really controversial, it's straight up on these pages. And when you're scrolling, you're like, oh, yeah. like this happened, and it's like, oh, that's like that's crazy. Yeah, so it's, true. It's, it's I've weird. been using Twitter as my news source, so, so I can't really judge. It, yeah, I mean, it is it is weird how like this sort of generation is sort of like moving more towards like social media and. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's good that like the contrarian and all things money are you know taking advantage of that. Oh, definitely, it's because I think like we said, we're all online and we just like ease. Um, yeah. Do I want to come downstairs and watch the news? No. Do I want to see Boris Johnson's face? No. <laughs> but do I want to see maybe a meme about the news? Yeah, that's probably that's definitely factual. Yes. Am I scrolling for hours during lockdown? Yes. So I just want my information all in one platform, which we are fortunate enough to have taken advantage of and have provided our um, readers with. So no, I do think yeah. it definitely needs to be more of, and I think the news could probably benefit with something like that. I know I follow quite a lot of business accounts, such as Business Inside or like um, the Independent. They're quite good with publishing um, news about what's going on with um, the, the, work, like the economy. Yeah. And it's just, like you said, it's just easy information. It's accessible. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And also then, uh, again, thank you for sharing your insights with, you know, with your year in industry. I think it's, uh, you know, if we just talk about experience, we can just call it just like, it's really important to go out there and get experience, especially as like young mm. people who are trying to do well and like make a name of ourselves within whichever industry that that is. Then, you know, getting this experience, taking any opportunities that you have, making sure that you don't be like me and apply to a few places, you know, spend time and really find because there's not there's not just going to be one place that you're just going to like fall in love with there'll, there'll be a few firms that you can see yourself yeah, working definitely. at and that's uh so yeah and to be sure. fair i've got another um good tip um i know it doesn't always sound like it and i definitely was um, guilty of it during my year in industry but the one job that you have now that doesn't have to be your career if you don't like it it's fine can you change yes like if you do find yourself stuck in a job and you feel like it's the end it isn't um because it can feel like days where yes I love my ear industry and there's definitely times where I found it a struggle and I thought this was the be all and end all that this is my next life in the next 10 years when reality I had I was going back to uni in the next few months so do keep that perspective with you when you are doing a year industry or even just your grad job yeah okay you might have a grad scheme for four years but can you come out of it after yes it's just make sure you think of the bigger picture and you're not stuck in it for life um yeah, I think that's something I could have, that's a piece of advice I definitely could have um, had during my year in industry. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. Like, like we, last week we had Sylvia, um, the uh, wellbeing coach that we had on. It was great to speak to her. And like, she's had three career changes in her life. And it just shows mm. that like, she, she was in the corporate world, then she transitioned to the charity world. And then finally she was in the coaching world. And I think it's, uh, it's important, like people, like, this is the thing. And I think it's, it's wrong that we've been taught so even like from a young age it's like oh like you work uh, in school all the way to go to uni and then in uni you sort of like mm-hmm. work all yeah. the way and then you go in, into like this particular industry because like this is like the whole thing like we're very like specialized in like what we study and so then we think that this speciality is only like going to confine us to like xyz jobs where in fact like there's yeah. so many different like like there's jobs like titles out there that you wouldn't even think exist because like there's just 
so much like you you see like yeah um when i went um and did work experience in ubs for example which is like a a, a big swiss bank and like i was able to go and uh, get work experience in like various different departments that i didn't even know like we're going to be there like for example like uh big data and data analysis like there was a whole floor mm-hmm. of like people who would just like look at data and like etc etc and then you just think like oh yeah. when you think of an investment bank it's just oh like traders uh brokers on the trade uh, trading for like uh wolf of wall street just like shouting at each other yeah like, also but it's like there's definitely a lot out there and uh what i always say is that make sure that you uh, are just aware of what's going on like do your research and like if you find what you like then that's great but there's uh, you know if you if you don't know what you like then you know trial and error like that's what that's what you, what you can do definitely and the internet is your best friend i know some some of us can be lazy to seek information out ourselves but there is so much information out on the internet if you just look if you know what you're looking for it is there um and yeah it is literally your best friend, especially when it comes to research, especially researching your the jobs. And also um, there's a lot of um, review websites as well, such as Glassdoor or indeed.co.uk that give you good reviews about jobs as well. So before you commit, there are loads of honest reviews that do kind of give you a good idea of what like yeah. work life is in these companies. And on that point, I think uh, LinkedIn is something that I've definitely taken advantage of since I've graduated. Yes. I like I always saw LinkedIn as like, not for me when I was a student, but then as I sort of like became more mature and realized that like um, when I went to more networking events, when people were like, oh, like what's your LinkedIn? I, I didn't have a LinkedIn page. So I thought, okay, and now LinkedIn mm. is another thing that I think is really, really important. Like it, it shows you how many searches you've been found, like uh, how many searches yeah. that you've been in in the past week. And I, I'm always baffled. It's like a hundred searches in the last week. I'm like, what? Like it's mad. Like you might not think of it in terms of like, oh, this is just nothing, but these are hundred people who could potentially be your employers. So who knows? Yeah. And a lot of them, like LinkedIn, for anyone that knows me personally, knows I love LinkedIn. I'll post anything and anything on LinkedIn. Um, it is my best friend. But like you said, people look at your LinkedIn and they will scroll. That's one that I know that people will actually take the time to look at. Um, they headhunt. I've definitely I've been head during my final year. I was fortunate enough to be headhunted thirty times in my DMs, looking if I wanted to be um to join a someone's company. Um, and yeah, like I think LinkedIn is so good. It also allows you to just kind of display your information as clearly as possible because they know what they're looking for. You can easily show what you've done. You can put posts on, say you finish your dissertation, or say you've done an event. It is definitely, definitely well looked at um, with your LinkedIn profiles because people are paid to look at your LinkedIn profiles. So definitely yeah, recommend getting exactly. LinkedIn. But yeah. Thank you so much, Ola, for coming on the podcast this week. I hope that you uh, enjoyed chatting to me for about an hour. <laughs> thank you. I'll speak to you literally every other day. It doesn't even make a difference. But thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Make sure that you follow us on social media, on Instagram. It's at the underscore contrarian podcast and that's where we're most active so yeah check us out and make sure that you check out uh, ola and her page all things money underscore where she's doing some great work in terms of like empowering young people to sort of know about all these things to do with personal finance cheers thank you yeah bye
The Contrarian Podcast, sponsored by Faraday Solicitors. Going to court can be stressful and difficult. That's when you need support and expert advice. Faraday Solicitors have a range of departments providing family law, criminal defence and civil litigation advice. Our solicitors are available to discuss your case to ensure you achieve the best possible outcome. Our reputation is built upon a philosophy of thorough case preparation coupled with a fearless commitment where we endeavour to provide every client with a high quality service. We hold a legal aid franchise are LXL accredited and are regulated by the SRA. Our solicitors will advise you on the most cost-effective way to fund your case as we accept both privately and publicly funded cases. Faraday's solicitors firmly believe that everyone has a right to justice and we will help you uphold that right. We can be contacted on 0207 281 1001 or via email on inquiries at from the heart of East London, it's New Sound Radio 22 FM.